What an amazing weekend at Cooper Stadium, Adelaide United family. Welcome to episode 12 of the Pitch Podcast. Jared here, going to get the guest on in a second, but how good was Saturday? For those of you who are at Cooper Stadium, our Pride matches, it was awesome because not only did we celebrate positivity, being an inclusive club, love is love, but of course, six points as well. The Liberty A-League women's side got the job done against Victory. See a victory. And we have confirmed our first finals position, which is amazing. And the A-League men, the Isuzu Ute A-League men, we got the job done against Central Coast. Left it to the last minute as always. And that was a very important three points as we prepare to take on the glory. And uh, there's a home game for the women coming up. Speaking of homecoming, there is a man who's decided to make his way back to the warm weather, wearing the number 77. He's wearing the playing shirt, which you can bid for because we're auctioning them all off. So the match-worn playing shirts for the weekend, helping raise awareness and funds for Pride Cup and certainly other areas. Lockie Brook, welcome home. How are you, my friend? Very good, thank you. Uh, You said that you listened to the podcast, which is great, but then we just worked out you just watched the highlight video. So that's a good start. (laughs) No, I just I didn't know for sure, but now I know. But now I know. All right, so you're home, which is great. Um, this podcast, I ask lots of questions, and then this is a record-breaking viewer-listener question thing. We got three pages of them. We'll get to. Let's talk about the match on the weekend. First of all, as an event in itself, as uh, two pride matches, which were brilliant for the A League women's side. Can we talk about that to start off with? That's pretty cool for the women to lock away a finals position um, and to know that it's there. We don't have to fight for a spot anymore. You can you can see the excitement amongst the group. Yeah, I think it's massive. I think, yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot of the games uh, of the women this year and, I mean, they're, they're on some top, top form. I mean, even um, like when you watch it, just the way that they play and way Stence has them playing is, is insane. And I know over the last couple of seasons, maybe they haven't been as good as they wanted to be, but you can see that you know, there was a plan put in place. And you can sort of see that all coming together now. So, yeah, really positive for them. Positive for the Isuzu Ute A-League men against the Mariners because it was a little bit nervy at the start, which I'm going to talk about. Um, but to get three points, really important three points because the match against uh, MacArthur was really disappointing from where we were at. So to kind of get, uh, I guess, not the season back on track, but where we need to be with a, a tough couple of matches coming up, that was an important three points. For sure. I mean, it's... A- it's a confidence thing as well. I mean, that that game against MacArthur was something that we knew. Well, like we know that's not the way that we play, and and that's why when we did the video and things like that, I mean, there was a lot to say, but it was more just things that we all knew already. And um, I think yeah, with the the two one game, uh, two one win, sorry, uh, it's it's massive for us, especially going into like you said, some really big games. I mean, we played the most games in the A League with fifteen games, so. Um, yeah, you can see those teams that haven't played that many games are coming, starting to come up and they're going to get points as well and they'll just be creeping up. So, yeah, every win that we can get is, is obviously massive. A few changes too because obviously Issa's not playing. If we talk about experience, Jakobsen's not playing. Bernardo wasn't playing. So to be able to have uh, young players come through, and I, I say this all the time, but this is the squad mentality that Carl has with the team to go, well, if we have one soldier down, another one needs to stand up and prepare. And it was it was Nesta's turn on Saturday night to score when required after being brought on. But then it's the same as Mo coming off the bench. We've got players who need to be at the ready at all times. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think if you look around our squad, um, when there is players that can't play, uh, that's just the mentality that we have as a group as well. I mean, we're such a good group. Everyone says it, and I think most people know by now that um, when one's down, someone will always be there. And even if they're not, you know, 
uh, 100% ready, the way that we play and the way we are with each other will make sure that they are. Was it Stefan's uh, intention to just annoy the opposition as much as possible to farewell Adelaide United? Because far out, like I would hate to play against Stefan because he would just annoy the hell out of me. But that's that's his game. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think a lot of people know that by now as he likes to get into your head and you know, leave a foot in or, or do something like that. But then the funny thing is, is off the pitch, he's probably one of the nicest guys. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, people, like for me, like I'm very quiet in a game, but off the pitch, I don't really shut up. So Correct. It's, it's just like that. You know, people change when they play and sort of whatever works for them, that's how it happens. So Let me ask you, uh, because no one else is going to, and this is the pitch podcast where we're really honest, their first goal, the Mariners, now that – uh, the sequence of events for that, you were part of that sequence, right? Oh, so you tried to clear the ball out over your head and the ball obviously has come off the wrong part of your foot. It went up in the air and then they resulted in a goal. That that happens, okay? Yeah. But can you talk us through the mentality for yourself following on from that? Because what, what that led to was you being able to get a penalty, which was great, and Goody unfortunately did a converted. But it seems like you're pretty quick on moving on to the next moment to make sure that that counts. Yeah, I don't really get rattled like that in games. Even like before games, I know a lot of people get really nervous, but I'm almost too calm sometimes, so I need to sometimes psych myself up. But yeah, in terms of like nerves and like things going wrong, well, like what can you do? I really... Is, really do you matter. find that as one of your strengths? So, because if you did, there's a lot of people that have played football that have really poor body language, and you don't. But that could really mess with you if you if you make one error. And a game is full of errors. Referees yeah. make them, players make them all the time, and sometimes they are errors which result in goals or result in cards and things like that. But if you stew on them, then that's just going to take your mind off what happens next. It's it's almost worse if you stew on it, and you know if you hide then from the ball, or you're like, oh, I don't want it, or I don't want to make another mistake, then you're just going to look worse. But if you know do something good, then people are going to forget about it. So that's obviously what I thought. I said, oh, okay, I've stuffed up here. Um, I'll move on, see what I can do now and sort of just get over it because, yeah, like you said, if you're stewing it, you'll just make it so much worse for yourself. So you're here on loan. I, I saw you, you probably won't remember, but I saw you at Henley Square. This was like like the night before you left to go to the UK. And you're like, oh, well, I've just signed with Brentford. I remember like, this. Yeah, yeah. I, I was sitting there and I'm like, oh. At Malobo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Man, that happened really quickly for me to hear that news. Yeah. Can you talk us through the process for you? Because obviously we don't see what goes on behind the scenes and how it all gets to that point. So how do you go from um, essentially where you were at Adelaide United at the time? You were a squad player who was getting an opportunity, but then to go over to a side over in you know the, the one of the biggest leagues in the world, how does this all come about? I knew 10 minutes before you did. What do you mean? And I left the next morning at 6am. How? Okay, break that down, please. All right, so the whole thing was, it was the pushback transfer window. So that was, at the time, it was October 5. That's when everything was going to be shut. Yep. This was, I think I was there, it was October 3 or October 2. And uh, obviously I, I knew, it wasn't just like Brentford rang me there and then and said, yeah, we want you, yep, sign the contract. Obviously I knew it was happening. I just didn't know how quickly. And I got told that um, I would be able to do my medical side in Adelaide, therefore, I wouldn't have to rush over there and get the medical done and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, at least they said, "Oh, you know, you're not going to have a couple of weeks, but you have at least like you know f- three or four days. Say goodbye to your family and stuff like that." So, I was just I was, I was with my mum. I think I don't know if you remember. I was with my yeah. mum, and uh, we were just like, "Oh, we'll go to the beach." I went for a walk, um, and then 
I got the call from my agent and he's like, yeah, um, where are you? And I was like, oh, in Henley. He's like, I'll go home and pack. And I was like, I was like, man, I've got like a week. He's like, no, no, you have to, you've got a 6 a.m. flight tomorrow morning. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So I had to rush home. I had to put all my things together. I said, I just told all my friends, like I said, come over, uh, say hi, bye, literally like that. And then, yeah, so I packed all my stuff and then and left the next morning. Is this like the the first of these discussions that you have had leading up to moving to a club though? Because, you know, talking, how many games did you played for Adelaide United? Before I left? Yeah. Like 10. Right. So yeah. you're 10 games into your professional career in that yeah. regard and then you're going over there. So is there, is is your agent then having a look around at different opportunities or do they, have they seen enough in you in 10 games to go, there's something here, um, we're a big club, we need to invest in this now? I think that's what it was. Um, they'd had, they had watched me uh, when I was with the under-20s. Uh, we went to Holland and played against a few good teams, and I think they had someone there watching. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they obviously didn't just go, oh, he looks all right, let's buy him. But, um, yeah, there was a bit of that, more of the potential side of things. It's not like you're grabbing a player that's 27, that's only played 10 games, and you go, oh, he looks good. Yeah. It's, oh, he's young, let's see what he has sort of thing. Do you think that we in Australia probably don't understand that that whole process? Because you look at the the European clubs that have academies from kids, you know, from like five, six years old that mm. just start so young. So they're always looking for, for talent to develop. And potentially, if it doesn't go the way they plan, it eh, doesn't matter to the club. Well, there's clubs in Europe that literally survive off making young players and selling them on. And that's just how it is. Yeah. And then you've got players like Chelsea who can afford to sort of do both. You can, I mean, if you look, a lot of the players, they might not go directly into the first team at Chelsea and Liverpool, but you'll see them go, they might get sold at 18. But they're, all, they're good players. I mean, they're at Chelsea. Mm. And then they might develop somewhere else um, because it's hard. You know, you can't go for Like, even if you're an 18-year-old that's going to start for Southampton, for example, you're not going to play for Chelsea. So, I mean, for example, there's two players on loan from Chelsea at Southampton that are starting every week but wouldn't even get close to the squad at Chelsea. So that just goes to show how yeah. obviously good the players are and stuff. So, um, yeah, it, here it's different because, I mean, we've only got so many players that actually play and I think that's why when you are young and when you are good, you will probably be in the system somewhere at an A-League team. I mean, it's really rare that there's going to be a player that isn't found, mm. you know, because such a small place um, in Australia football-wise. So I think if if you're a good player and you're young, you will somehow go through the system. But then again, like there's a lot of players, like you said, like peak at different ages. You know, you might get a 23 year old. That's I mean, Nikola Milosevic was at MPL too. I think he was maybe 23, 24. Yeah, yeah. With Adelaide, and now he's like a top A league player and even played over in Denmark. So people do peak at different times. But yeah, in terms of that whole youth system, I think most of the best players will be in the youth systems. So talk to me about the whole experience then, because I'm sure. Um, you've grown up playing FIFA and watching the EPL and watching football all around the world. You're a young footballer, you're on the plane, you're heading over to the UK. What's going through your mind? Is it, is it that I've, I've seen all this, what's actually going to become my reality now? Because you probably need to change your mindset a little bit to go, I've, I've got to like stop being a fan here and, and realise that this is my job. Yeah, no, I don't really know if I thought too much all about that, to be honest. Like, until it happens and you're there, you don't really, like... I don't really pre-think things, to be honest. I sort of just go with the flow and, and react to things when it happens. Um, I think that's just the best way to go about it, so... So I what happens it, then when you get off the plane? 
Uh, I get I got picked up in a car. Um, they take you. They took me to a hotel, um, and then that whole day was just all uh, just free, uh, just rest up. And then the next day was all the medical stuff. So you go to medicals, you do your scans, you do your all the stuff. Anywhere else is the same. Um, and then I think there was the the signing stuff and the photos. And then the next day I was in. I was just straight into it. How much merchandise do you get? Uh, I didn't get too much. Okay. But I think, obviously, if you were busy and you asked for a lot, I think you could probably... But if but you go over there, right? So it's freezing cold. So you go over there and they're like, all right, here's your training kit, your playing kit when you get to play, yeah. and then you've got your jacket, your beanie if you need to, all this stuff that's there for you? Yeah, gloves, snood, everything like that's there. What's a nood? Did you say nood? Snood. What's a snood? You know that little thing that they wear on your neck? What, scarf? No, no, like a... Um, Did you wear that? Yeah. Why? Oh, it's cold. How cold? Oh, like it's cold. You know when you say, <laughs> you know when you say like, oh, I hate the heat. Like cold, the cold's so good. That was me. I, I, I love the cold. No, you don't. So it's inconvenient over there. No, it's horrible cold though. Okay. Like, cold here is really nice. Cold is in if a ball hits your hand, it's going to hurt? Cold as in like you go outside to train, you can't feel the ball because you're feeding on. Wow. Okay. Like that's, I didn't realize that it gets that cold and right. I hated it. And I was like, just get me some sun. Something I want to ask you about is the whole setup over there with Brentford because obviously they're in the Premier League now. Um, But for someone like yourself, it's not like you go play a youth league or anything like that if you're not in the Premier League squad. So is is the training set up your training with the Premier League squad or is it all all different? Can you break that down for people that don't really understand how that setup works? We train at the same time at the same place. We're the only two teams at the club. So there's, let's say, max 50 players at Brentford. So you've got the Premier League or and Brentford B, but there's no yep. academy. No. Right. Yeah, okay. So 50 contracted players at the whole club. Yeah. So we will train at the same time. There will be players from the B team that just train with them, like that are there from the start there. We're like, oh, you were the first team today. You probably get told the night before. Um, or if someone gets injured at training, then it's like call someone over to train. So... It's, yeah, it's 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 like that. So we train at the same time. We're there with them. We COVID impacted the way it sort of worked a little bit because it got to a stage where we had to do um, like bubbles. So you would either I think they'd probably do it monthly. They'd be like, okay, you're in the first team bubble today, and you'd be them with them for a month. Yeah. Or you're with the B team bubble. Very rarely you can go up with them. They'll just have to make do with what they have. Um, but before that, it was just yeah, you sort of. Uh, last season, I, tra- I trained probably way more than I did this year because uh, they were in the championship. There was less players mm-hmm. and, and all that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really good how they do that, though. Can sure. you notice a difference where when a when a team gets promoted, um, like how everything kind of changes? <laughs> like For Brentford, it did. I don't know if it would be the same for other clubs, but because it was our first time, yeah. I mean, everything changed. Like just the hype obviously is a lot more when – I mean, Fulham are up and down. So, can you imagine when Fulham go up, they'd be like, "That's you know, most of those players are Premier League players." But the, yeah, the players at Brentford, I don't think any of them had played Prem before that, so it was completely fresh for everyone. Um, so yeah, no, there was there was definitely massive hype about it all. What about things like you get to the car park at training? You're noticing all these expensive cars and stuff. Oh, you need to open our eyes and our ears to this whole experience because we're used to <laughs> driving to the church at Cooper Stadium and seeing. 
Yeah. You know, like some of the some of the players, like Michael Maroney, who used to play at this club, <laughs> would drive like a really old beaten up car. And you're like, all right, mate. So yeah. uh, Louis Dorigo probably drives his parents' car and stuff. So talk. can you talk us through the Hollywood side of things that we may not experience or see that you saw? Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's like G-Wagons, there's like McLarens, all of that. And this is Brentford, mind you. Yeah. yeah. I'd hate to see Chelsea. Well, I mean, I've actually seen Chelsea. We played against them. At their training ground many, many times. And you see some of the cars there. The staff's cars are ridiculous. The staffs are pulling up in G-Wagons. <laughs> so, <Why? laughs> I want to talk <laughs> about football, but I love talking about this No, but this stuff. is the type of thing that you don't, like, see. Like, And for me, especially, like, I always, on Instagram, I'm very busy on Instagram. You yeah. know that. Yeah, I know that. And I'm always, like, I used to always look at their stuff and I just, I used to, like, hate not seeing them, like, post more about stuff that's not football related mm. and I like I want to see what it's all about like on YouTube especially when I like, ever a player does like a house tour and stuff I'm there I'm watching it because I just it's it's interesting to see how they live and you know and I guess f- for me and for most players it'd be motivation really but then that. does that make it a little bit challenging as I said like you don't you don't want to be a fan but you need to almost stop and go all right I the, these guys are my teammates but I'm also yeah. training with they're technically competitors because you want to get a spot in the yeah. 11. So you've got to have that mentality continually as much as you're absorbing this amazing experience. Yeah, to be honest, I think I never really got like that with um, at Brentford. Like I'd never be like, oh, crap, like starstruck or yeah, or something like that, purely because, like you said, they're my teammates. But, I mean, there was games. Where, I mean, we played against Arsenal, like first 11. This was in an international break. And I, I didn't start. This was like a like a mixed first team game because I think some of the boys obviously didn't go away and things needed game time coming back from injury. So it was like a, and it was another like a first team eleven v eleven. I was just on the bench, and um, I was just watching, and like these are Lacazette, all of these players, like the whole Arsenal starting eleven. And I think that's probably the first time I was walking inside with them to the change rooms, and I was standing like closer than mm. we are to Lacazette, and I was just like, yeah, well, it's crazy. But after, but then like it's gone, yeah. But like you go, oh yeah, well. Anyways, and then you're back onto what, like what you were doing. So it it is really really surreal. But did you get homesick at all? Uh, nah, no, nah. I'm pretty. I think I wouldn't get homesick, but I would just like hate the weather. A That's lot. a real. Det- you really hate. It. You're very passionate I about hated, hatred. I hated how cold it was, man. Yeah, I can see you rubbing like, your leg while you're talking to me about it. Is that? That's not why. Okay. Right. No, I just <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a – you can answer this any way that you want. I want to know how the loan happens then because I, the people that I've spoken to on the previous 11 episodes of this, um, my head still can't really get around how this happens. Like the they've obviously wanted to loan you out to get more playing time so they can have a decent look at you. But then how does it come about that Adelaide United would like to loan you? Um, so obviously it starts, well, I mean, it starts from me being, saying to the club, obviously they were, they wanted me to go on loan as well, but if I don't drive it, it probably doesn't get, like it, it still might get done, but yeah. because I was so like, nah, let's get it done. I was calling every day. I was saying, all right, what's happening? What's happening? And this was the director at Brentford. I was saying anything new. And if it wasn't for me driving it, it may not get done as quick or it may not get done at all. Um, in, are you saying that, like, in uh, I don't want you to say anything um, derogatory, but 
that's because it's the business and that if you don't speak up, you're not going to get forgotten about, but it just days go by yeah. and then they're like, yep, he's cool, he's happy training. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a bit like that, but in the end of the day, if, like, you know, if I want to be sold, say, by Brentford and, you know, they're not like, yeah, let's get rid of him, then they're not going to be putting all of their effort into it, are they? Mm. So if you have someone saying, sell me, sell me, sell me, it's going to happen, isn't it? So, yep. um, yeah, I, I obviously spoke with my agents and stuff and – we obviously had to look at options. There was some options to stay in Europe and um, and England as well. But I think for me, it was more of a, well, it's a, it's a six-month loan. I know that Benny was leaving. Um, and obviously, I'm an Adelaide boy. Not that I – I made sure, like, it wasn't – it had nothing to do with me wanting to come home because, you know, I, I, there, was, there was other options and stuff. But this, in terms of I know how Carl plays, I know that I'm going to – develop the type of player that I want to be so I know that I'm going to be in a league that everyone plays football and it was just an added bonus that I was coming home and obviously that made it a lot easier I mean they didn't have to find me an apartment I had a car yeah and all of that thing so I think like the whole picture it just it worked so well did they give you a directive to go here's what you need to work on or um, yeah. we want you to focus on these areas if you want to get another contract with us or if we want to sell you, this is what we want to see? Nah, it's it's not so black and white. But, I mean, obviously it doesn't change if I'm there or here. I still need to work on the same things. Um, so that that side of it didn't change. Um, but it was all, no, it was all just, yeah, like good luck. Like this, is, this will be good for you, get games. You know, I mean, any professional minutes is is huge, especially you know when you're a little bit uh, younger. Um, so it was never the case of if you don't do this and you're done. Like it was selling you, it was it's never like that. Um, so yeah, I think I can notice. Um, we'll get to the, the listener questions in a second, but I think I can notice a real difference in maturity in you in the short time you're away. And I feel like as a supporter, seeing you attack with the ball and seeing the confidence you have is probably and you can correct me if I'm wrong, a confidence that you um, didn't have as much of before you left because maybe in your first 10 games there was that mentality of I'm getting an opportunity because a lot of young kids are getting opportunities. Yeah. But now you're playing and you've just – in the nicest way possible, like do you have that feeling of like, oh, yeah, I belong here and I, I can mm. see the way that you play. It's kind of like speaking out to the world, I belong here and I'm going to make an impact when I'm on the pitch. Yeah, I think – the biggest thing for me was I, I don't question the coaching in an, I had as a junior, but if there's one thing that I would say for coaches is to tell all young players that to not be afraid to make mistakes because I think there's too much like a negative look on people losing the ball and things as a young age, and it, and it can ruin a player. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty like headstrong. And if I wasn't, I don't know how I'd be because I used to be like too afraid to get the ball because I didn't want to make a mistake. And I thought if I went through 90 minutes and, okay, I got it five times and I lost it once, that's better than me getting the ball 50 times and losing it 10 times mm. when it's not. And so I think you can sort of tell the way I play. And the biggest thing that's the biggest difference is when I went over there, I had a really good assistant coach, uh, Sam Saunders, and he would just say, like, what are you afraid of to lose the ball? What, what are you, what's going to happen? You lose the ball 10 times and you do another 10 good things. And, you know, obviously if you lose the ball and they go score, that's different. You know, you need to maybe sharpen things up. But in terms of, like, trying things and losing it, he's like, you can't you can't get angry at that. I mean, those – I mean, if you look at players around the world, like how many times they make a mistake, but then 
they'll bend at top corner and no one will ever talk about the mistakes. Mm. And that for me was like one of the biggest things that I probably learned over there is just being confident and, and not caring about, you know, I mean, obviously you've got to care, but like not worrying about losing the ball and just playing out of your skin pretty much. Uh, I, I did have two more questions just quickly about the UK experience. Um, can you can you notice a difference in the way that the the A League men's competition plays in in football mm. terms compared to over in the UK? Yeah, and massively. can you can you break that down into how they differ? They call it real football over there because it's like I would go through games and seriously not touch the ball unless it was a header or a tackle or like a corner because <laughs> you just you had they don't like you just couldn't play. It was just boot ball. It was just real football, just physical. And I think I like that's not my football. That's that's not how I play. So I think it was good to do it though because you need to understand that side of the game as well. Because no you're saying they're you moving play, the ball around. So no, no, quickly. they just don't play. They just okay. it's centre back. It's goalkeeper to centre back, and it's centre back to the striker. Yep. Okay. Yep. And it's so they by- bypass the midfield yep. essentially. Okay. And even when it gets up there, it's just crosses, and it's just yeah, real doghouse football. Yep. And um. Yeah, that's that was an eye opener for me, but yeah, it's it's all teams in the A League play. And I have um, I have body envy with athletes and anyone who comes over from playing professionally in the UK. They all have amazing bodies and they're like built like trucks. Did you get body envy and look at all your topless teammates going, "Geez, you have good bodies"? Because I look at them like far out, like they're <laughs> they're they're built as. A lot of it's natural. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I just... I mean, yeah. look at me, mate. Far out. That's why I get body envy. Okay. Um, I, I, look, so do you do you like when I say Lockie Brook on the microphone or would you prefer Lachlan when I bring you on or introduce you in your headshot? Because Lockie, it sounds like I'm your dad, even though I might look like him. <laughs> do we prefer Lockie or I, Lachlan? I, I don't mind at all. Okay. Doesn't bother me. Uh, 77? Do you want yeah. to talk us through that or is that a personal thing you don't want to talk about? Not personal. Okay. I like seven. Yep. It's taken. Okay. I like 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's taken. Mm. 27. Mm-hmm. Taken. Mm. 77. Looks kind of cool as well. Yeah, it does. Mm. Okay. Here's some uh, social media questions for Lachlan Brook. Three pages. Three pages. Three huh? pages. Okay. Um. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast and asking these questions. Uh, you can do that on social media every week. How do we follow you on social media? It's the most difficult question we ask. What are your accounts? Uh, I've got Instagram, Lachlanbrook18. I thought you liked the number seven. Yeah, but... Eight minus 18 one was seven. 18 was also taken, though. Okay. And that, that was my number. Well, it was my second number at Adelaide, but that was the one I had for the longest. Okay. So those are my favorite numbers. 18, 18, 17, 7, 7, 77, 27. Nah, 27's not my favourite number, but... Oh, sorry, Kwande. We're just going up, yeah. Okay, uh, Harry Scobie 4 on Instagram. Hi, Lockie, massive fan here. Can you name some differences between England and Australia? The weather. Mm. The accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food is horrible over there. Oh, good. You can't wait um, to get back to Brentford. <laughs> <laughs> um... It's just different. It's just different food. It's just, I don't like the produce. You have Twiglets? You try them? They're like the Vegemite sticks. They're good. Nope. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Benedict Mapoa on Facebook. Is there ever a moment you wanted to quit and why slash what was going on? Never. Okay. Good question. (laughs) Multiple people on the socials. Best player you have played with or against? Against? Mm. Uh, 
probably Lacazette. Ross Barkley, he was unbelievable. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say one of those two. Okay, Aaron Ramos three eight two five on Instagram. Most annoying person to be around? Louis Dorigo. I, well, I love him, but he's yeah, annoying. I as can hell. vouch for that. Yeah. yeah. At Rob Dogs eighty seven on Twitter, who on the team sledges the opposition the best, and what was their best line? Is there time to sledge? It's normally when play stopped you sledge, right? Don't say anything that's going to get us in trouble. Yeah, Steph. I won't say what, but I wasn't there, but there was one. Steph was having a crack at the Mariners coach, Nick Montgomery, on Saturday. He's just far out. Yeah, there was was one that was, if I was on the receiving end of it, Mm -hmm. I'd be pretty rattled. Okay. But um, yeah, I won't get into it. Dave Matthews on Facebook, which English stadium is the most depressing and why is it at St. Andrews? Depressing? Yeah. And why is it St. Andrews? I didn't write the question. It's from Dave Matthews. Um, I didn't really go to that many stadiums unless it was like Brentford or I was playing there. So, And a lot of that was training ground because of COVID. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Dylan Archive Emporium on Instagram. When will you apologise to Dylan Townsend for rainbow flicking me in the under-12s? <laughs> um, I'll send him an email soon. Okay. Uh Catherine Kasaka on Twitter. What's the first thing you did when you came back to Adelaide? Uh, I went to the beach. Yeah. It was good weather. Uh, is this a bad question that you just saw? Yeah. Oh, no. Lewis Dorigo oh. on Instagram. Is soup your thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was my thing. And now it's It's not. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Max good Dickov one. on Instagram. Oh, no. Ask him what do you know Max Dickov? I do. Okay. Ask him what who's that means. Who's <laughs> that? That's a saying that I would say in the UK whenever I saw a an attractive woman. How would you say it? Who's that? <laughs> what a creep! <laughs> no, nah, but it wasn't like that. It was never okay. like that. And they okay. just and now they all do it. So okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do you know Max Dickov? He is at Brentford B. Uh, I would try to look up his name, but I'd probably get into trouble for typing <laughs> Max Dickov into. He <laughs> would. Um, at Sam Sill twenty seven on Twitter, is Pontus Janssen a good leader? Is it Janssen or Jansen? Janssen. Yeah, okay. yeah, he is. He's been around. He's, you know, he's played at a good level. He's played for Sweden. You know, he's yeah, he's a he's a very respected guy at the club for sure. Zeth asked a question about seventy seven. You answered, so thank you. Um, BBK Liam Eddy on Instagram. How much did Dave Sims shape your career? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he shaped it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, oh. This is a good question from Braden L99. I was going to ask it, but I didn't, so I'm glad you have. Would you consider extending your loan or signing a permanent deal with the club at the end of the season? Yeah, I would consider a loan for sure. How for sure. How does the the extension happen? Can they go at the end of the six months? Hey, man, stay for another year. Yeah, it's definitely something I'd be open to 100%. Okay. 100%. Uh, George, we've answered your question in the podcast, so go back and listen to that. Christopher, when will you be shaving your sideburns? I wouldn't call these sideburns. I wouldn't either. Christopher, come on, mate. <laughs> uh, Maya Markovsky, do you like swimming? 
She's so salty. You're very salty. Why? What's happened? Apparently I'm a diver in the box on the weekend. Oh. I don't think it was. It definitely wasn't a dive. I don't Are dive. Are you serious, I man? don't dive. Do you think I dive? I don't think I ever dive. Absolutely not. I When that happened, I'm like, that's actually really smart. Yeah. And you move with the ball. <sighs> yeah. Crazy, you know what, huh? though? Can I tell you something? I'm bad luck for the club because <laughs> on the team sheet, yeah. whenever we get a penalty, if I write down the time and the score, because I always do that, we miss. You know what you should do? Not go to the yeah, games? Yeah, no. No. Oh No, just not write it down next time. Okay, well, thanks. Cheers yeah. for that. Well, no worries. Awesome. Free advice. Um, Josh Nacker on Instagram. Who would win in a gritty off, Muhammad or Nesta? Uh, have you seen Muhammad's feet? No. no. I could surf with his feet. Oh, big feet, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to say Nesta. How, I'd love to know from Nesta how you get to the point of practicing the flips because he's got to stuff one up eventually. Every morning. Pra- you wake up and the whole family Have you goes done outside. It? A backflip? Yeah. Yeah, on a trampoline. Good. The, look, the bad news is we've got another page and a half of these questions. <laughs> um, Tyler Clack, who's your favourite player to watch? Like ever? Um, I would say Hazard in his prime. Y underscore A underscore I underscore M underscore S. <laughs> Full stop or pause here on Instagram. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Last week. Is that oh, his name? Because no, no. <laughs> uh, I yame son. I said that last week. Do you ever lose your voice after games? No, I don't. Jordan underscore DeRose. Oh, I thought I was going to say another DeRose. <laughs> no. Uh, who would you be most competitive with in a running race during training? Oh, like... Don't know. No, no idea. Okay. Uh, Christy Riddle on Facebook, who's your best mate? Uh, best mate is Jimmy Odenwalder. The original rivalry, CDC on Instagram, most embarrassing moment on a football pitch? Most embarrassing? Mm. Getting concussed, but like tripping over my own feet, going straight into someone's knee and just being like out. That's not good. Lozza.g.16 on Instagram, who do you have the best and worst banter with on the team? Best banter? Mm. Louis Dorigo. I don't really have any bad banter with anyone, so okay. I can't say. Quite confident. Underscore Ben dot O'Brien underscore on Instagram. Is that a mullet or what's going on there? It's a very UK hairstyle. Is you that rocking, a hey? mullet or what's going on there? Yeah, I know. Oh, mate, I what didn't write the questions, be? but it's a very UK football. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a. The process of a mullet isn't simple. So it's on its way. This is very aggressive. Is turned into Joseph Russell on Facebook. What is your favourite restaurant? Uh I'd say SDR Henley. I love Greek food. Grace.m.14 on Instagram. Um, tell you what, we have some weird people, like, not Grace, no offense, but I'm just <laughs> saying, just there's lots of, there's a fair bit going on with these Instagram names. There is. Best and worst dressed? Or best dressed? Hmm. Just give me a sec. Okay, we'll, we'll just wait. Um, I think, there's a, like, no one really dresses that bad. Um, George Blackwood's out there But then again It's not bad He's very indie Yeah he's very indie So that's why I haven't said bad Not my style yeah, Okay we'll just go through The whole team We'll just wait <laughs> I'd say best dressed uh, I like Yaya's fashion I like uh, Nicky Ansel actually has a bit um, Just one And the worst oh, George Blackwood <laughs> Thank goodness we have reached the last question. Tobias.football. 
on Instagram. Who would be your dream five-a-side team? This one could take forever too. No, I wouldn't. Uh, in goal? It's going to take a while. You can't ask someone that question. Right, I'm it's Tobias. D- it's not me. I'm just the middleman right. here. Tobias, because I know him. He's starting up front. Uh, obviously myself. I'd have Jimmy, my friend, Louis, um, Eden Hazard, and then... Um, is that? F- Sorry, keep going. That's it. Okay. Well, you were going to give another one. I think I that would have been I, six. Yeah, I usually do five aside includes like a keeper, but that's fine. Five aside. We don't have a keeper. Rush goalie. Mm. Mm. What a shame. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> um, where's the sharpie? We've got a. Oh, hold on. Can you pl- can you please sign this? Yep. And I'll give the details. This guy gonna fall. No, that's all good. Um, so our A-League women are taking on Sydney FC this weekend. It's going to be huge. The match is at Cooper Stadium as well. So make sure you come to Cooper Stadium and support your A-League women. Um, it's going to be a really weird game because if, if Sydney FC win, they've got the Premier's plate there, which will be awkward. But we would like to win and we'll have all the details about home finals, fingers crossed. And then are you boys allowed into Perth? What's going on there? We are. We are. Are you sure? Triple vaxxed. Or- okay. Um, I think it's if you've had COVID, I don't know the. Have time. you had COVID? No, I haven't. Okay, me either. Don't touch me. Um, so we will cheer our boys on. <laughs> then we are back here um, very soon. We're taking on Newcastle, which will be good to welcome back um, a lot of people. Taylor Regan and uh, there's one centre back. I forgot his name. Jordan O'Doherty and um, centre back guy. Bentley's dad. That's what we'll say. <laughs> Megan's partner. We don't talk about him anymore. Anyway, um, mate, this has been good. Thank you very much for your honesty. We really appreciate that because it's really good to give people into a, an insight. But also, um, it's good to have you back. And you're playing really good football too. So stay fit. Um, you've been nervous the whole time. You've been scratching yourself or playing with your leg. No one can see what's going on. Have you had a good time? Yeah, I just had a double shot before I came. So I'm a little bit... Thanks to McCafe. This has been the Pitch Podcast with Lockie Brook. Go the Reds. Don't forget to bid on these tops as well. I'm wearing Joe Gouchy's, the one he didn't wear because he wore a black top. So I'm going to keep this. Awesome. Cheers. (laughs) Bid on his. Thanks, bye. (laughs) 